Hey everyone, Mark here from a Nerd Name Mark podcast, doing something new that I was, I told myself I was going to do this, and because of the timing, and obviously the t-shirt, I am actually going to be reviewing a show as it's airing every week. That's right, way more Power Rangers, Dino Fury, episode one, the series premiere just dropped a couple hours ago, I was asleep because of Pacific Standard Time, so I woke up, made my coffee, decided I'm going to watch this episode. Once I got my all my editing done for everything else I was working on, I was like, all right, it's time for a review. Took some notes. And before we get into the actual me going over the episode, I want to say I haven't watched anything Power Rangers related since Lost Galaxy. Like I went through the whole main story arc line of, you know, Mighty Morphin, Zeo, Turbo, Alien Rangers. Uh, let's see what else. In Space, Lost Galaxy. And then I did Dino Thunder. Because I consider that canon because Tommy came back. I did like, I watched a few episodes here and there of like Super Mega Force. And then I tried whatever the last one was that just came out. Uh, or the one before Beast Morphers. No, Beast Morphers. I, I, I watched the first couple episodes and I was like, eh, didn't finish it. But this one got me excited. Like I saw the, the stuff showing, you know, ahead of time, the stills, the trailers, theme song announcement. And I was like, you know what? Something about this show this time around works for me so i'm going to watch it i'm going to give it the old college try and see how far into the show i can make it watching it every week so first episode is called destination dino henge and i was like okay cool so we start off with our main pink ranger amelia she is going into work at a place called buzz blast which is basically buzzfeed it's She's a reporter, so like she saw they her boss was there and they saw like a little clip of her trying on like neon lipstick and this and that. And there's kids skateboarding around and whatnot. So it seems like it's very young, uh news based, you know, thing. They even mentioned it seems like it was like YouTube style because like you heard like like and comment in the background. So it's like, all right, it's modern. I see I get this. So She's trying to convince her boss to let her go investigate Dino Henge in the forest. Meanwhile, her boss brings up aliens and ghosts because obviously she's into ghosts because it pans to her now in the forest narrating to like a GoPro on this device that she's using to detect and hunt down ghosts. So obviously she's big into ghost hunting and she's saying this is the first time she could prove and actually capture a ghost and prove ghosts are real. So I was like, all right, I like this already because... I like ghosts and aliens and stuff like that. So I'm like, all right, this is a character I can get behind. This is a character who has my support. I will stand Amelia, 100%. That being said, you know, she sees something show up on the thing. It's a blur. It's moving fast. She shoots a net out of it, which I was wondering, because I was like, if it's a ghost, you're going to catch it in a net? Like, I didn't question it. I was like, all right. She captures our soon-to-be other Power Ranger in a net and she goes to release it and electrocutes him uh very entertaining right at the bat i was like that thing moved by fast on the little screen she had there's no way that was him moving especially if this is supposed to detect ghosts why would it detect a human you know so right at the bat i was like okay something else is out there there, there there's definitely something else so you know they're talking walking he and she they go they make it to dino henge which is this circular thing of basically Stonehenge style statues carvings of various dinosaurs and right off the bat I'm like that's a saber-toothed tiger there's 
a T-Rex. And I'm like, okay, so is this some nods to Mighty Morphin? Because the rumor is this is in the main storyline. And anytime they say main storyline, that means Mighty Morphin. Like OG Power Rangers. So I'm like, okay. Because if that's the case, Power Rangers already existed. So there's going to be like, not a meta fourth wall. There is going to be the acknowledgement of Power Rangers. Outside of the actual Rangers themselves. And I prove myself right as the episode goes on. So we meet Ollie's mom. She's, you know, scanning area too. She has a drone, goes up in the air, scans the statues. Their eyes light up. And I'm like, okay, this is how things get activated. And then they detect that there's a base underground. All of a sudden, Park Ranger shows up or Warden or whatever. And she calls Warden Buzzkill. And even the mom says that. And he says whatever his name is. I didn't take a note what his name was. Because I know he's going to probably be actively in the show as kind of like the deterrent slash comedy bits so and i'll read right off the bat like the comedy in this is not like slapstick or forced or cheesy it's usually more reaction based and dialogue based which i like i think that's smarter than the how og power rangers was with bulk and skull like bumping into each other like that old school like three stooges style humor so and yes i've been making a lot of older power like i haven't watched a lot of newer power rangers like i said when it comes to my toku stuff i'm big in common rider and from a u.s north american standpoint i mean i haven't consistently watched power rangers in over a decade so and i'm 30 35 so that, just to give you an idea of my age and like where the demographic and where like i grew up so like i was five or six when power rangers first came out so that's like you know, where I'm at. So, uh, Park Raider shows up, goes to kick him out. Ollie's mom leaves with him, I, I assume, you know, just to be like, hey, let's, uh, I, I have papers, like, I could be here, I'm a scientist, you know, stuff like that. Then, you know, all of a sudden, this, I want to say, this, he, because of the sword he has, I'm assuming he's almost like a Power Ranger, because he has kind of like the Dino Fury sword, and he, Blows up an entranceway to go down into the underground lab area. Mind you, Ollie and Amelia are hiding. They're watching this. And I don't know about you guys, but for me, I see that stuff. I'm not following. Honestly, I'm not. I'm going to be like, okay, the guy has a sword, suit of armor. I'm a human flesh meat bag. I'm not going after him at all. So they follow him, obviously. And they watch him. And he's now down inside there and there's this humanoid dinosaur type character because this character is now the void knight that's the name and he's searching for something called sporax or sporax and this dino humanoid cyborg character is trying to stop him he's like where's the power supply where's this power source coming from blah blah and no selling it not telling him and then you see she opens up a case there's a red ranger that she's trying to wake out of, I assume, like a cryostasis. Not happening. Uh, because he attacked it. Now the button, everything's broken. Uh, he goes to strike down Dino Borg. That's what I'm. That's her nickname now, Dino Borg. And Ollie grabs one of the Dino Fury swords and stops it and parries him. Then we see. Dino Borg grabs like a little thing and goes safe, goes to throw it, like put that in the sword, activate it. The guardians, because there's these guardian statues with swords like surrounding the middle. A lot of circular statue stuff in this show so far. 
I don't know if that's going to be a theme or something I'm reading into. I don't know. But they throw it. Void Knight catches it. He's like, nope, they're under my control. Puts him in his sword, slams down on it, and now all of them are coming to life. Now, Ollie and Amelia both have swords, and Void Knight is now looking around for these Sporax and the power source while they're going to fight these. One nod, I took a note of this because I took notes because, you know, my memory, I'm older, you know. Uh, I noticed that they actually talk to each other, uh, Amelia and Ollie, about their actual fighting experience. Because Amelia's like, how are you fighting? I took three years of martial arts. And then Ollie flat out says, I took six years of fencing. So right off the bat, I'm like, we're going to explain why they know the moves they do and that they actually are. Like, this is their experience level. Like, it's not instantly, like, they can morph in all of them, no martial arts, and can fight. Because that's one of the things I appreciated about the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was, say, Billy, you know, the first, you know, part of season one, he was kind of like, ugh, and, like, he would duck down scared, and, like, the putties would bump into each other, or, you know, because he had the overalls, and, like, someone would grab the overalls, pull them back, and he would move out of the way. Like, I liked, in Zach, you know, he was a dancer, so he knew, like, the dancing martial arts. Whereas Jason was the martial arts instructor and a champion. So I liked how every character felt like they were different with their fighting styles. It was like, let's, we all know martial arts. We all know Kung Fu, you know, Matrix style. So this one, you could see Ali as someone with fencing. He was really good with the sword compared to Amelia, who was good with the martial arts side, okay with the sword. So I was like, I'm enjoying, like already right at that, they set a lot of character depth and details to who they are. Um, eventually, uh, Dinoborg, I'm eventually going to know their name, <laughs> and then I'll stop calling them Dinoborg. I, the comments, I'm sure you guys are going to be like, Dinosaur, Cyborg's name this. Please, let me know the name, because I might rewatch the episode after this, and then be like, ah, oh, I should have just watched it one more time. But I did watch the episode, like, two hours ago, and so this wasn't, it's not 100% fresh in my mind, because I've done other things since then. But now Red Ranger shows up, starts fighting everybody. Like, one thing I will say I appreciate, the music and the score for the fight scenes are really good. It's not, like, super upbeat and fast-paced, but it does fit the pace of the combat right. And it's just subtle but strong enough to, like, really make those scenes look good. And so, obviously, you know, Red Ranger starts basically beating the um the guardians and then ollie and amelia they now morph because they were throwing their things from dino borg they put it in the thing and they morph. i love the fact that instantly they flat out like fangirled and fanboyed like when they became power raiders and especially with the, like uh one quote that was uh let's see i took a note of it what other powers do we get and then and then amelia's just like have you seen the news? We get Zords. So obviously Power Rangers already have existed in one way or another in this universe. So that's another reason why I think this might be the main universe. Um, so fighting ensues. Now we have three Rangers. We have pink, blue, and red. I really like that they didn't over like congest it with giving us all the Rangers right off the bat. I do like this trend that I've noticed from when I did my research that starting off with three Rangers and adding to the team, I'm okay with that. I think from a storytelling standpoint, it gives us more time to learn more about these characters and get some depth to it. So they're fighting. Uh, Void Knight escapes after the 
uh, thing with all the Sporax gets broken and they all fly out of the base. They chase after him. He causes a cave-in, so they're stuck. Now he's outside and all the Sporax fly away except for one, which hatches in front of him. And then he's like, okay, we got to destroy the Power Rangers and we need the rest of those Sporax. Now, Red Ranger, who is Zato, he's an alien. He's been in slumber for 65 million years. And I'm like, okay, I get this. And then we get a flashback scene where he explains everything. The Sporax, and he was a group of knights fighting. The Morphing Masters show up and give them powers and also give them Zords because the Sporax get big. That's something I'm going to touch on right when I finish off like the rest. So after they do everything else, he explain, he figures out who they are because he's also a telepath. So when he touches them, he knows their name and what they're all about. He explains that the Sporax, they're going to go and spread out and like basically hide until they're ready to hatch and the monsters are going to show up. And then they end with, hey, we're going to begin training. The Morphin Masters thing is what really got me in this episode because the second they were mentioned and they floated out, new design obviously, but I'm a huge fan of the Boom Studios Power Ranger comic books. I have... Well, they're on the shelf over here, the trades, but I also have all the individual issues. Shattered Grid was a big story arc where they actually first mentioned the Morphin Masters. Uh, what they exactly said in the comic was the Masters cannot involve themselves in the affair of man. They feel strongly that it is not their place to determine the fate of worlds or existence. For that matter, the choice belongs to its people. So the Morphin Masters are kind of like the Watchers from Marvel. And there was an arc after Shattered Grid where Kyle Higgins was no longer writing the comic. They had another writer come in before Ryan Parrott took over. And they had an arc called Beyond the Grid, which had, you know, the Solar Rangers more in space, like less grounded, just to kind of like tie up all loose ends of the grid and kind of explain the multiverse. And in Beyond the Grid comic books, uh, they are more of the... Uh, overseers of all the Power Ranger realities. So at the same time, this might not be the main timeline, but the Morphin Masters might, you know, they oversee all the different realities because there is the Morphin Grid and it is technically a multiverse, but I don't know how depth, how deep they're going to go in this show to it, honestly. Um, so I really enjoyed this episode. Honestly, like the Morphin Masters is what's going to hook me right now. Honestly, the like that's going to keep me on the line to watch this because as a fan of Shattered Grid, Beyond the Grid, in OG Power Rangers, if this is main storyline, main universe, it's going to be good. I Because there's a lot. I question, especially after Shattered Grid and Beyond the Grid from the comic book standpoint, I like the idea of a multiverse. I like the fact that there's a Morphin Grid and Morphin Masters. And they weren't fully in, like, in the comic book like a lot. It was just kind of like subtle nods and shown. So I'm really curious. Uh, as of right now, like I said, that's episode one. I'm going to try and get the episodes, the reviews, not to be this long. I'm going to try and get them shorter. I'm not used to reviewing episodes like one at a time. I'm used to reviewing like movies and, and, and games and comics. So that's it for episode one of Power Ranger Dino Fury Destination Dino Hedge. Did you guys check it out? What did you guys think? I Like I said, I this is my first time getting back into Power Rangers a new show anyways in over a decade really long time so i'm just like kind of excited it's i'm actually enjoying it i even put on my power ranger t-shirt so 
Let me know what you think in the comments below. Be sure you like, comment, and subscribe to the channel. I do a lot of other tokusatsu stuff and comic book stuff, video game stuff, but I will be doing weekly Dino Fury reviews for as long as the show is, you know, I guess appealing to me. Even if it's not, I will watch it, review it, obviously. But as of right now, I'm hooked. Like, I want to see more. I want to see episode two. So thank you for watching, and I will see you guys in the next episode.